You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. Francis Beck, Roger Weiss, uh, Tom Prince, and Dick Gallagher, and uh, Marcel uh, Marquel uh, in studio. We're going to talk high school yeah. football today. Can you a believe stowaway. that? We got a stowaway. A stow- here. How do you Happy get in day. here? <laughs> I like the Dunkin' Donuts hat. <laughs> but you didn't bring the donuts. What's up with that, Quell? This was free to donuts, not. All right. <laughs> morning, hey, Anthony. Morning, Tom, Dick, Francis, Markel. Special hello. To DK on the other side of the Derek partition. Morning, y'all. And Happy New Year. Season starts in two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you could call it a Happy New Year. It's not yeah. New Year and not Jewish New Year. Is what, football New Year? Football New Year, yeah. yeah. So I guess the uh, Lions Club All-Star game, that would be like New Year's Eve? Yeah, I guess we could call it that, okay. sure. Just checking, hey, we got to get all these details down straight. We have to be consistent. Yeah, I look forward to football just like everybody else. But at the same time, I cringe because summer's over. You know, and I'm like, no, I, I like summer too much. I, I've go, I you really got, do. You just got DK all messed it, up. Fall, you know the elite going, yeah. season. You know that. Come I on know, now. It, it is, but it's so difficult to let go of summer. You know, there's so much to do and, you know, and all the fairs going on and Bill's uh, preseason football going on. I'm like, oh, man, where's summer go? I'm, I'm supposed to enjoy it somewhere along the line. but And Monday's the first day for practices Yeah, for yeah. this year's high school football season. And hopefully, hopefully, many out there who are playing listen to their coaches and put in the work in the offseason. Because if you didn't, odds are you might not be playing much. Anthony, only 10 more days to get to the fair to have a, a Piragi Apple Piragi a la mode at Bobshus. Mm, that sounds so good. <laughs> Monday, $2 day. All the stands have something for only 2 bucks. Is uh, Cowboy Cal there, do you know? Uh, sounds familiar. It's like one of the best brisket sandwiches I've ever had. They have this one brisket there. It's supposed to be, somebody says it's 13 bucks, but you can't finish it. Oh, I can. <laughs> Bring it. Right, let me mo- try. Mo- most human beings, normal human beings can't finish it. I'm a human chipper shredder. I'll go after it. Or the bacon bomb that I had last year. That was amazing. Bacon and Italian sausage. You like that, huh? Oh, and uh, there's something else in it. I think that had brisket or pulled pork or both and all that barbecue sauce. And Oh, that's some good right across stuff. Across from the grandstands when you go in for the grandstand show. Now you're really making me hungry. We have, you know, our intro, get that gets me hungry, now talking about the fair. But anyway, we're going to talk about high school football. The season is uh, is upon us, and uh, we usually we bring Dick Gallagher in every year. It's always a pleasure to have you in here, Dick. And 
your knowledge of high school football just amazes me every year. And I look forward to our conversations. And we're going to do a three-part series this year. We're going to start off with Monsignor Martin, and we're going to get into uh, Section 6, uh, D. So we'll talk about that. Um, I think right now the news that's hit in the week that uh, that's hit this week is a coaching change at Hutch Tech. Tony Treluzio, familiar face, has taken over that program. Of course, many of you remember Tony uh, was a uh, coach at Riverside for many years, uh, coached at North Tonawanda, and then most recently offensive coordinator with the ECC Cats. So he's going over to uh, Hutch Tech. McKinley is in the process of looking for a new coach kind of late in the year to be going through this process. Uh, Dick, I have to ask you this. Does this hurt these two programs making changes so close to the start of the season? Big time, but I think there will be 17 changes in, in head coaches this year, which is the most ever. And some of that's attributed that coaches are just reaching a time of two or three years and leaving. But if you take a look at the old days with the dinosaurs that were around 30, 35 years, and they were all outstanding, whether it be the Harvard Cup, Monsignor Martin, our Section 6. Now, going into 2018, I think around 63, 64% of the head coaches, head football coaches of the 71 teams will have less than five years experience as a head coach. That can't be good for, for uh, you know, you want to build um, a program you need stability, I would think. It's not. It's not good. And then, of those sixteen or seventeen, four of them are returning: Eric Jancy at North Tonawanda, Chuck Tilly at Eden, or at Frontier, used to coach at Eden and uh, Tonawanda. And excuse me, there's two two others that are returning. But uh, when you take a look at it, I don't think it's healthy. But there is a driving force for a lot of those, and it's the parents. And the parents are totally out of control. They're trying to make sure that they're the ones that the school board hears, the administration hears, to the detriment of a lot of coaches who are outstanding, who do an excellent job. And unfortunately, then, the next thing you know, they're out of employment. Why? Because of parents making it too rough and also telling stuff that's not even true. Well, we have the tail wagging the dog uh, scenario going on, and uh, we had Kurt Fisher in studio, and uh, we talked to him about it here. You have one of the most successful high school coaches, wins two state championships, and the uh, the parents force him, essentially forced him out of Maple Grove. Now he's going over to uh, Chautauqua Lake. Right, and he has 221 uh, wins, plus several sectional championships, league championships, two state championships, and you'd think he'd be an icon in Maple Grove. You would think. Et cetera. But his two children, Zach and I don't know the the girl's name. Megan's her name. Megan. Excuse me. We're getting bullied. And whoever was doing that, and whether that was coming from the parents or the kids or whatever, it caused Kurt, you know, to, to leave. When you look at what Kurt Fisher did, when they had media day. They had media day, and he was having hernia surgery. Three days later, and I've had three hernia surgeries, and three days later, I wasn't walking. He was on the sidelines at Maple Grove, winning another sectional championship. I remember. And just doing a fantastic job. And for him, them down in 
Maple Grove in the area to treat him and treat his family the way that they were being treated and caused them to leave doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it's not right at all. And, and as an underdog, as Maple Grove there, too. Oh. So not only that, you're coming as an underdog, making sure your team is fully prepared, ready to go to win a game like that. Unbelievable. Two, two years he did it. He did that against Bennett. Yep. And he did that against uh, Franklinville, Franklinville uh, Evil Frank. Yeah, Franklinville. You watch Maple Grove play under Kurt Fisher, and I, I remember being on the sidelines. I remember talking with, with all all these guys about like, wow, look at the look at the job they're doing. Everybody knows their assignments. Uh, you know, you never see the kids with their heads down. Uh, just the way they played, you can it passes the eye test when you watch them. And he's had tremendous talent, but the co- the coaching that. He provided in his leadership capacity was awesome, and he was just fun to watch. And now it will be interesting. I'll see so what he will bring to Chautauqua Lake. He yes. has had talent, but uh, like on these aforementioned games, I don't think he had the talent on his team that uh, Franklinville Elkettville had last year. And I don't definitely don't think he had the talent that against Bennett two or three years ago at. Uh, at the stadium. Oh, stadium. Oh, no, that was that that Bennett team was a good team. They were that. loaded. Yeah, they, had, they were loaded. Load, <laughs> uh, guys, their second and third running backs would have probably been Conley Cup finalists on any other team in Western New York, but be they were behind Isaiah McDuffie. Yeah, yeah you're you're absolutely right. A tremendous coach, but we're seeing these this turnaround like this, and uh, like I said, it can't be good uh, for building a program when you're constantly turning over. You have to have some stability. We talked to Aubrey Lloyd at McKinley. Obviously, we talked about Brian Hiller resigned. Uh, Micah Harris is taking over in the interim. But apparently, a lot of people have put in for that McKinley job. It's posted for 10 days. So hopefully, they'll have some stability at that position for McKinley. And, and then Hushtag, too. And then you see the chatter on, online, I believe, on our Facebook page uh, as well. And um, who was it? Eileen Buckley? Wrote a column. Yeah, from NPR. Yeah, from NPR. And it was well well written, and uh, I gave her a like on that. That uh, you have the unions, you know, a deal with the, the teachers' union in the school district that you have to be a, a teacher in order to coach. And she points out, you can't have the science teacher who decides, yeah, I want to coach football and taking over the program but not knowing enough. You wouldn't reverse it. You wouldn't say, you know, the gym teacher or the football coach just because has tenure, you know what, I think I want to teach science and not know as much about the subject. You can't have that. Well, the scary part about this is most districts have usually a deadline for when you can apply for your fall jobs, for your winter sports jobs, and you would think by now the deadline would be far past. I mean, five days before the season. I, I, And I coach Tradilio, as we talked about, you know, we know he's a good coach, but – you just the timing of it is just kind of tough for the kids, and they're battling a lot. Hopefully, they can come to a resolution. You well, somebody can bring it together. It's Tony. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a fantastic person. You know, Harvard Cup Hall of Fame member, uh, three-time yeah. Harvard Cup champion. champion. Riverside. Uh, you know, he's he's. He's, oh, it's not about tone. We're not. No, this isn't yeah, about this is not him. Yeah, no. it's about it's uh, the process. It, it's it's the rules that are in place. So I mean, you know, you have you have to kind of decide what's important. Do you want the right people coaching your team, or do you want teachers? That, and I'm not taking anything away. There's a lot of teachers that are former football players, and they, and they know, and that's great. If you can find that person, plug them in. But uh, wouldn't but, you want somebody settled in by the time the seven on seven yeah. start? 
By the time off-season I mean, uh, programs by the starts. Time so if you're going to do the seven-on-sevens, sure. don't you want to do it with the coach that's going to be coaching the team the following yeah, season? Yeah, because they're going to be running your plays. Yeah. Hello. So it's like going back to square one, you know, in the second week of August. It's Yeah, the timing is not good. Terrible. Timing so, is terrible. Not good as a compliment. It's terrible. I'm being nice. I'm trying to be nice here. You know, so hopefully they're, they're able to straighten things out. And, you know, I completely disagree with the, uh, the, the you have to be a teacher to coach. I think that's, that's garbage. Uh, but it is what it is, and you have to move on. If you want change, you have to, uh, you have to initiate the change. All right, let's get into talking about uh, this upcoming season. I mean, we, we got through there, new coaches. We have school districts with new fields, and that's really exciting because some of these fields are, are gorgeous. You guys Ooh. see the pictures that Dan Kaplan posted of Chief Dewagas? It looks nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know, a lot of things to be excited about in this upcoming season. So I figured we'll start out uh, previewing Monsignor Martin. All right, Dick, tell us who's going to be uh, the king of Monsignor Martin. Well, the 2018 is a big change for Monsignor Martin football. They are now into two leagues, League A and B. League A has the three big ones, St. Francis, Canisius, and St. Joe's. League B has Cardinal O'Hara, St. Mary's, and Timon. And in addition to that, they also have a running clock rule now, which is if the differential is, 40, is 35 points in a game, automatically the clock steeps running. So, so if you go out of bounds, player running back goes out of bounds, the clock doesn't stop, no, it'll keep going. No, it keeps going. And the reason for that is, I think primarily, related to what transpired with Canisius and Timon last year. Canisius was winning 40 to nothing. They were just dynamite against the Tigers, who were really struggling and didn't win a game all last year. At halftime, my understanding is the coaches at Canisius approached the coaches at Timon and said, we need to, to, to do the clock running, keep the clock running. Timon said, no, we're not going to do that. So as a result, the final score, I think, was 60 to nothing or 60 to 6. It may, be in the, it may have been in the 70s. I want to say sure. 77 to nothing because there was a comment about uh, whoever, some silly comment about uh, – the show was supposed to be 78 to nothing. They only scored 77. Some crazy thing like that. So that seems to be 77 to nothing seems to be. But there was a lot of flack related head. to that. Sure. Internally. A lot of people were upset. <laughs> and, and also with the fans and the parents. So, you know, we'll see how the, these new rules. But then when you take a look at it, the A, whoever comes out of the A will win the championship as far as the A, League A. That will be the representative of Monsignor Martin for a state championship. The teams in the B will not be able to compete for a state championship. I think they'll have a crossover game, Dick. They won't cross over at all and have a crossover championship? No. Okay, so it's automatically you have to be in the A division to win. Right, and the only thing is there was another stipulation, I believe, which each of the B schools had to play two of the A schools during the season. How's that going to work on playoff time? Is it going to be like second and third plays the semi and then a final? Yes, at, uh, yeah. Sir Ralph, still the Ralph to me, the Nerf. Uh, so, yeah. will the bees be able to play a similar situation where they, they would have, have a final? Two and three will play in, in a semi, and then in the final will be the winner of that game playing against the one. So that would be a doubleheader then at the Ralph for the two championship games. Yes, I see. Okay, 
I think the big question going in is how does Timon rebound? How does you know what is Joey Licata able to do to right the ship there? I mean, you know, he was put in a, a very difficult position last year. What I understand, and I saw Joey at the All Star game, that they have thirty to thirty five. That's good in a roster, which will really be healthy for them. And also, their schedule is not anywhere like it was last year when they really played some dynamite teams outside the area. So I think that they will be more competitive, and they're hanging in there. They're you know they have a low enrollment I think last year and also starting this year, but they're uh, competing. He's got a great coaching staff that he put together, so I imagine they've been working their butts off. Hopefully the kids were able to get into the weight room in the off season, get bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things right now is when you take a look at it, the, th- the teams in League A all have outstanding complexes. The teams in B, St. Mary's is decent, but Cardinal O'Hara is, is not good. Either is Timon. And if you take O'Hara this year, they've got five studs. Five potential all West New York players, but when you go into that complex, it is not good. The no, there's seats, youth facilities that are better. The, the seats, the seats are falling apart. The, the scoreboard doesn't work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And why is it that the two schools, who serve many many minorities, are not? being able to get monies from the diocese or monies, whatever, to be able to get new complexes. Why can't some of the monies in that billion-dollar, million-dollar, hundred-million-dollar fundraising event for the bishop as well as selling his mansion, why can't some of that money go for capital projects in the schools? Yeah, and why couldn't they keep Niagara Catholic afloat? Uh, It's the same 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 answer. But the, 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 the response to that is, the diocese has a policy. They don't allow the funds to be used for capital projects in schools. So what you look at, St. Mary's, their first meeting this year had eight players. They've got numbers problems. Time and last year had numbers problems. Years ago, there were 16 teams in Monsignor Martin, two different leagues. Now you have six. In a few years, it could be four. The only way that you're going to be able to even survive is be able to get other areas, McQuaid, Aquinas, GBA in Syracuse, Long Island, to form a Catholic championship type of uh, schedule and then be able to play for state championships, etc. But if you're McQuaid, Aquinas, or all these in Section 5, why would you leave Section 5? Why would you want to? You can dominate there. You're facing public schools. It would be like Kanisha's facing, you know, Orchard Park. I mean, or any of these double-A schools every year. Well, I think that's the point he's saying is right now they've got a chance to go compete for a state championship in the public schools. Same with CBA out of Syracuse. Why would I leave that format to exactly. go to this to this thing? They, it's not going to happen unless there was talk last year, Dick, if I'm, if I'm correct, that the sections we're going to start looking at, do we, it, was there going to be a push to push some of those schools out of the Well, section? I know Section 5 wants to push Aquinas out. But with the deals that were signed, as long as they were signed to go, they're kind of deadlocked and they can't, they can't do anything to push them out. Everyone, every school that went to court to try to get the Catholics out lost. And this was several over years. So now it's like, well, it is what it is. But then when you look at it, look at Aquinas' schedule. They're, they're playing very few public schools during the course of the regular season. And why? Because the Rochester schools don't want to play them. 
If you had a vote today, there wouldn't be one Catholic school in a public ability to play for a state championship, mainly just because it was bad. All right, guys, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue to uh, take a look at Monsignor Martin, and then a little bit later on, we'll look at uh, uh, Class D in Section 6. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri along with Francis Beck and Tom Prince from Western New York Athletics. Dick Gallagher's here. Roger Weiss. Marquel Slaughter in the house. Derek Kramer producing. We're talking high school football, which means we're a bunch of happy campers here. All right. Before the break, we are talking about my senior Martin. And I guess we kind of should uh, get into, uh, you know, Gone through the the off season stuff. Let's talk about the teams. Uh, what do they look like, Dick? Well, Canisius has dominated in recent years, and I've heard that. that that's been obvious. Um, and they've got t- ten starters returning, and they have a couple of studs: Joe Jamison, Joel Nicholas, Ben Shanley, who's six four, two sixty, lineman. Excuse me. Tristan Vandenberg, who's a tight end kicker, he's already got a scholarship. That's right. To, to Continuing a, the uh, the long line of successful kickers kicker coming high. out of Canisius. And then they have big kickers, too. They're yeah. small guys, you know. They're all big. They're all big linemen. Well, that's what uh, Blake Hellball is at uh, Ohio State. And uh, he's now, if you look at a picture of him, it's like nothing looked like when he was a senior at Canisius. He's built up. He's 6'5" whatever, you know, his weight, but he's kicking, and he's they got to determine whether he's going to be redshirted this year or be kicking field goals, uh, but uh, that that's good. And then the the quarterback position for Canisius now has turned into uh, a competition, according to Rich Robbins, the coach. Jack Brandon is one, Gabe Fisher, and then everyone I think has read recently during the past week, the transfer from Ontario, uh, Ottawa, Canada, uh, is going to Canisius, and he's uh, Christian. And I have Ve- co- Veju Veja Vejas. That's that's what Hopkins. Uh, uh, Veja vu. Veja. Uh, that was from uh, Coach Hopkins over at Canisius. He okay. sent me that. Uh, I looked at some film on him. Um, you know, he's got a similar skill set to Jace Johnson, I thought, when I saw um, good arm. He can run surprisingly well. Um, it, you know, he has a good arm, too. So I think, you know, he, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be comparable to what Jace Johnson brought to that team. He, he's 6'3", 170. He's only a junior. He's already got five scholarship offers. Michigan, Rutgers, Temple, UB, I think there's one other. So when you look at the, the attention that he's going to bring to West New York football, that's good for everyone. Sure. So yeah. regardless of who it is or what team it is, it, 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 it's good. It'll be interesting to see what transpires with Kanisha's camp and then when they play um, Western New York Mar- Maritime first game, who will be at the quarterback position. I also wanted to point out they have a transfer coming in from Grand Island on the line, Donovan Cornelius. Big kid. He started for the Vikings, I believe, as a freshman on their varsity. He's now at Kanisha's too. Hmm. We have a lot of this year. I think quarterback position and line are so much greater than they've been in recent years. 
and particularly when you take a look at the quarterback position, there's 12 or 14 quarterbacks that are outstanding. And Cole Snyder Snyder has already received a scholarship from Rutgers, and he'll be going there. It'll be interesting to see how the other quarterbacks make out. And I think the only junior, besides uh, a couple that I mentioned, Jack Brandon and uh, Christian, is uh, Connor Desiderio from Maryville. And they're loaded. They're going to be very competitive. Well, you see, what you see is is, uh, the uh, dedication to the off-season programs, the seven-on-sevens, going to various camps and clinics. So it's not surprising to see that many, considering the amount of attention that's being placed on offense these days. Yeah. St. Joe's is going to be competitive. Well, there's the big question mark there. Is that St. Joe's losing uh, Kelly? Well, yeah, there's two two parts with that. You're losing Casey Kelly to go down to North Carolina and play, and you also lose Jaden Lofton, the running back, who's not going to be back with the program. But I watched the seven on seven with Clarence and St. Joe's last week. Micah Brown is a stud. He's can run, pass, and he's going to provide leadership and give him actually to me, more athleticism than Casey. So that could be a bonus for St. Joe's. The strength of St. Joe's is going to be their line. They've got two kids already given scholarships. Cole Gambino is going to Stony Brook. He's 6'2", 280. He's known as the Pancake Man. And then you have Tyler, excuse me, Tyler Doty, 6'5", 290, Benches 300, throws a discus and shot. He's with UB. I've mentioned this before. I've watched uh, film on him uh, doing individual workouts. His technique is outstanding. His, uh, his way he controls his body, getting leverage, getting underneath the way uh, that they're teaching now. I mean, you, your techniques for blocking have changed just uh, dramatically over the last five years, and he's implementing that very well. I like I like what I see. When you look at Tyler, automatically you say Division One, just mainly just because he is a Division One player, just based the way his strength is, is is uh, you know uh, other assets. The other lineman. Will McDonald, 6'6", 300. So when you take a look at that line that St. Joe's has, they're only going to need to crease. And if you get Micah along with a couple of other kids, they could uh, do some damage this year. They're going to be playing Canisius in the fifth week of the season. They're, they've lost, I think, nine straight games to Canisius. The game's going to be at the Marauders, and I wouldn't be surprised if St. Joe's was able to beat them. But then when you take a look at what's transpiring with the transfers, that has another dimension because Cornelius is a tremendous asset as well as the uh, other, uh, you know, the other transfers. I think I actually saw the Canisius Joes game is going to be back at New Era Field this year. I could be wrong, but I believe I saw that. You saw what? At New Era Field at the stadium. Yeah. That was, I think, a two-year contract that the private schools had with the uh, Bills so with Pagula's uh, entertainment. Year was, last yeah. year was one this year, so I'm assuming that they're going to have the same games. The one question mark relates to Spectrum. Spectrum last year did a Friday night football game plus four other Friday night games that they streamed. And they, they've given a schedule to Section 6, two games, which I don't know, and I'll find out next week. But then they're going to wait 
But right now, Spectrum, the only high school sports that my understanding they're going to do are televised is football. Last year, they were supposed to televise the state championship in wrestling. They had the Chiron on. You can, o- you know, you can only do that uh, with their permission. They just failed to do it. Never, never showed up to do it. So, let's talk about some of the studs that we have. Quick, uh, quick you question, might- Anthony. Uh, Go ahead, Raj. Oh no, we never did news and notes, and <laughs> I would have brought it up. Did oh see, yeah, that's right. The beast. Did you see who else is going to play football at Stony Brook this year? No. Ty- Ty- Tyrone Wheatley's transferring from oh, Michigan. That's right. Yeah. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't exactly put it on the headlines. And on, uh, if you don't, peruse but isn't his news- dad still coaching at Michigan? No, no, he's down. Uh, I forget where he is now in Carolina or someplace. I don't think his father's at Michigan anymore. Coaching. His father is at Jacksonville. Yes, that's right. Wow. Yeah, the Jaguars. That's that was the other thing I was going to bring He's up on news and notes. Coach. But don't worry about the other item. It's no big deal. That's huge. Yeah, I just uh, I was what you know because wow. I thought that you talk about it was the studs that came out of Western New York. I thought he was at the top of the list. All right, let's get into talking uh, about because we do it. We're okay. starting to get pressed against Francis, time here. St. Francis is going to be strong. They're returning eighteen starters. Jake. Ritz, sophomore quarterback, he's going to be excellent. Riley Miller, Dawson Tiger, who's really versatile. Eric Sean, who's I think 6'3", 6'4", 290. And then Xavier. And, and he's one of the running backs. <laughs> Jan Zizek, Jan Zizek uh, came on strong. They're going to be competitive. And I think uh, Jerry, Jerry Smith has a camp that goes from – Eight in the morning until four in the afternoon. <laughs> and he's, they put have, the work he, in. He'll have those kids ready. Excuse me. And uh, uh, I mentioned Cardinal O'Hara. Stephen Boyd, 6'3", 300, 95 GPA. He's got some schools looking at him now. That's outstanding. Ramir Velasquez, the tackling machine, awesome. He's hurt last year. Justin Hemphill, who's an outstanding athlete, plays basketball athlete. Plays basketball, Quantrell uh, Moss and uh, Conklin Masters a quarterback. Conklin's got a hundred, hundred uh, GPA. So, <laughs> you know that that wow. it's not bad for a quarterback to have a hundred. Tony and I had a hundred GPA. If you had our two GPAs together, all four years, <laughs> <laughs> all five years. <laughs> Keep in mind, Stephen Boyd uh, was named co-underclassman trench trophy of the year, too. So he's a big boy, and he's getting, he's certainly going to be getting some looks. Wow! And time at St. Jude, they're for the two games they're playing uh, St. Joe's and St. Francis. Mitchell Thiel, Connor Dean, Luke McMahon are just a few players. But as Tom mentioned, they've got some athletes. They're they're going to be much more competitive than last year. St. Mary's, I think they got issues related to numbers now, but they've got some decent players: Sean Melson, Zach Ratcliffe, Tom Moss, C.J. Oslin's outstanding uh, defensive lineman is going to be a linebacker. He transferred from St. Mary's to Canisius, and also the Jay Perry, who's outstanding offensive for St. Mary's, transferred to Bennett. So St. Mary's lost their two best players. For going into this year, is the same to me like like 
you know, high school football has turned into the NFL with free agency. Well, after the year, I'm going to weigh my options and see uh, you know, where I can go for a better deal. I mean, does this seem like that, Tony? Tony, is this not what Dick started off by saying the parents' involvement? Yes. You don't think that's what's coming into play, saying is, I want my kid over here because they're going to get more playing time over here. Or I don't like what this coach said, or I don't like what this coach did. It's exactly what's happening. Yeah, that coach yelled at me. Yeah. I mean, we we need a, a, a transaction uh, section now for for uh, high school football. There's one transfer that this will be his third school. He's only a junior, third school in three years. Now the parents don't understand when they're thinking their kid's going to get recruited, and they're looking and they're going to three or four schools in high school. Guess what? That's a red flag to drive right by the school not even talk to the kid because of what the parents are going to bring negatively to that collegiate program. I'm, I'm just blown away. I really am. <laughs> Different generation. What is happening? We've already discussed that you know, off air as far as the way some of these parents are. It's gotten out of control. It really has. But I'll tell you one of the themes, if you listen to some of the things that Dick has been talking about here, that I would take away. One is you've named at least 10 people alone that could be up for the trench trophy just in Monsignor Martin alone, right? Just as we've been sitting here. Think of those some of those, those weights and linemen that we talked about. 300 pounds, 326, 566. We haven't heard that in years around here. That probably has been one of the biggest issues out there within Western New York is we haven't had those serious linemen. We also have the kid from... Um, um, not North Tonawanda, uh, Luport, right? Yeah, uh, Joe another, Powers. Uh, Joe, Joe Powers, Powers, another lineman. Like, they're all over the place this year. Why, that trench trophy may be one of the most competitive years that we've seen in a long time. And then you look at the top three teams here. Yes, I 100% agree with Dick. You've got to give Canisius the edge just because of what they've done year over year. But I'm going to tell you, do not count Jerry Smith out on what he's, he's done bingo. at St. Never. He's bingo. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen St. Joe's also. This team is legit. They will be right there fighting for this. Yep. This could be where one team beats the other and the other team beats the other team, and you're going to see it comes down to the stadium where you don't know who's going to win that, Monsignor Martin. It's exciting. Well, the second and third game out of it could be qualified for the game of the year, whoever it is. Gets the bye. The other two teams could, are very capable yep. of not, whoever wins that game knocking off the uh, team that drew the bye at the Ralph. Or the, excuse me, the Nerf. You know, and it, here's the, the the thing that okay, you've got these programs. They're building. They're building. That's great for the fans because that's going to put people in the seats and uh, bring some uh, revenue to the schools. I think this is fantastic. Yep, no doubt. This is going to be a fun season so but far you're hearing. the yeah. transferring is an issue, and that's, that's kind of bugging me right now. The quality of the players. We have a few that are Division One already. I wouldn't be surprised if we had several more. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll jump into <laughs> Section 6, Class D. Only down to four teams? Wow. All right. Sports Talk Saturday is after us, so make sure you're going to keep it here. A lot of bills, uh, news, and notes to uh, to go over with the guys. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. We're previewing the upcoming high school season. Let's talk. This is the... When this news came out when I was home recovering from surgery that uh, we were down to four D schools, I had to do a double take. Wait a minute. Where'd they all go? The New York State Public 
Athletic Association dropped the ball on this because they know with all the paperwork that they received what the enrollment's going to be. And so then when they're looking at it, and all of a sudden they come up, this is the enrollment's going to be, and you're going to have to adhere to that. Then you're opening, you know, in uh, whatever, a month. Next thing you know, there's four teams in D. No. You call Albany, there's got to be a mistake. You call Ken Stolt, the, the Section 6 Federation chairman. No, it's not. So what you have is you have some of the teams playing each other twice, like Maple Grove and Climber, Sherman, and P- Panama are playing each other twice. I thought they were all playing each I thought they were playing a double round robin home and home. In, yeah. Uh, in Class D. Well, yeah, that's six games there, and you still have two non-leaguers. So, I mean, well, but yeah, so a double round home and away is still only six games. So they you have, still have two, two non-leaguers because all four teams make the playoffs anyway, so they're literally playing a double round robin to see who's the first seed, second seed, third seed, and fourth seed. The four will play, excuse me, in the semis. And then the championship will be at the, you know, at the stadium, as it always has been. But I think what this done is thrown up a flag for everyone that they have to do a better job. Because what you look at it, and I know we'll be talking about this in the next couple of weeks, is you have three leagues in B, and that's been like that for the last few years. In, in A, you have three leagues. And you take a look at how the leagues are compiled, you have some team, leagues that there are four teams that are really studs. And given the competition in that league, you're going to wind up with maybe a weaker league team being able to make the playoffs. And I know Roger has this, has had this as an issue for several years, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out this year. The fourth-place team, regardless of how good they are, cannot qualify for a playoff. Top three seeds are whoever finished first in each of the respective leagues. Fourth, fifth, and sixth seed are whoever finished second in the respective leaves. And again, with that miserable tiebreaker, which infuriates me. And then the two of the top three third-place teams get the seventh and eighth seed for the right to play an away game at the first or second seed. And like I say, it's I don't know why they don't go to two nine-team divisions. Granted, he can't play a full-balanced schedule, but still I think it's a lot more it's a lot better for some of these strong teams that are going to end up in the wrong, you know, and it's not even geographic. They're going to do it by beds numbers. Yeah. Bad numbers. So, uh, for example, in class C, Cleve Hill could end up playing three games down South. Let's take a look at the four teams, Dick. Just, uh, Maple Grove got a new coach, Justin Hanif, H-A-N-F-T. And they've got a few studs. Easton Tanner is a, be a three-year starter at the quarterback in safety position. Excuse me, Tage Jones is a tackling machine. Zach Hendrick. It'll be interesting to see how going from Kurt Fisher to a you know new new coach in the dynamics of everything that's happened. But then CSP Ty Harper has done an excellent job uh, down there. And they've got Garrett Hinsdale, who's only a junior, outstanding quarterback. Derek Eklund, Cameron Bo- uh, Barmore. Uh, but they'll be uh, competitive. Salamanca was five and four last year, which was major improvement for them. They've got a couple of studs, Ira John and Tyler Hedlund, and then Catararis Little Valley only had two wins last year, Nick Burroughs and Brody Heil. But you take a look at it, to me it's either CSP, Climbers, German, and Panama, and uh, Maple Grove are the two that should be in the championship game. Maple Grove's been in the championship game seven consecutive years. 
Anthony, don't get illusions of grandeur. CSP is not cheese, sausage, and pepperoni. Yeah, I was sitting here drooling. I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, that sounds great for dinner today. But I, you had to go and ruin it for me no, by Dick, telling do you, me it's... Dick, do you think this is the first upset year where Maple Grove will get upset this year? Is that how strong um, CSP is this year? CS, CSP has got 13 starters back. They had a 6-3 and three record last year. Most of those starters are back. Well, they're starters. They're all... Uh, play multiple positions, and Ty Harper's done a good job. So when you take a look at it, it'll be interesting to see all the dynamics because you've got Kurt Fisher on the other sideline, and we say all a lot of these coaches are leaving now. You're on the sideline for 20 years. Guess what? You learn a lot more than the guy who's a freshman coach, first-year coach, making the right decisions, calling the right plays, etc. I don't know if it's uh, the only one uh... – Loss that I can think of is the big guy that was a finalist for the Trench Trophy. If there are other losses from CSP, uh, I'm not Tanner aware Ramsey's of them. gone. You, okay. But uh, you know, you talk about that quarterback Hinsdale. Um, I've been told that he's been working a lot this summer, more than he ever has in his life. On his, he's been with a lot of coaches, so I expect to see him to have a huge improvement. Uh, kid, I saw film on him. You know, he was only a sophomore starting his first year. He looked like a senior three-year starter. He had yep. so comfortable in the pocket, great poise. Well, again, that comes down to what I said earlier about uh, getting kids involved in the camps, the clinics. You know, there's so many uh, out there. You know, Joey Licata does, uh, uh, you know, works with quarterbacks. So if you're a parent or a coach and you think that, well, you know, my son has good size, got good arm strength, let's get him into these camps and clinics, let's hone his skills and make better players. Just as Tom was talking about now, we're seeing the influx of the big guys on the line, but we're seeing more skill added to the quarterback position, and that just benefits uh, Western New York. You get out of something what you put into it. If the kids and the coaches don't put it into it, and that, that going from A to Z, Everything covering all the bases, line line uh, camps, or camps with alignment, seven on seven, etc. Then when you start to play in the regular season, guess what? You're not going to be in the playoffs. Wait a minute. You mean it, 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 uh, if I if I play Fortnite all the time and and I don't work out and I don't run, uh, I can't make uh, all Western New York. I mean, come on. This is not fair. What's I want to play. I want to play my PlayStation. You just What's described Fortnite? me at my age. <laughs> <laughs> what playing a PlayStation? <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> Anthony, we're a while years ago. We're talking about Joey Lakata having camps and all this. You know, at the uh, Ken Lions All Star Game, every time I walk into Will South, all I can still think of was the night uh, Casey Cass played against Joey Lakata and that foot. Remember that game, Dick? That was a game for the Classics. What, about 11 touchdown passes later, the game was finally over? And now Joey Lacotte is one of the mentors. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Inside High School Sports. Next week, these gentlemen will return, and we're going to get into uh, you know uh, C's and then get up to B. You know, work our way up to double A's, get you up to speed as to what it's going to, what to look forward to. Not to mention, talk about key matchups uh, to see, and a lot to do as far as uh, getting ready for our high school football season. Thanks. I hope when you were talk, talk, saying gentlemen, you don't include me in that. Insult. Oh, I absolutely am, Raj. Oh, you know, he you called are me a name, Dick. See what I have to. He called me a gentleman. What did I do? To to deserve that. <laughs> Even despite the fact that you were in a Kensington shirt today, we're still calling you a gentleman. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week with more Inside High School Sports.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.